Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Salido family, open us up in prayer. Yes, we can hear you now. Yes. Okay. Just speak a bit louder. Okay. Uh, Lord, thank you for gathering us here virtually today to study your words. And may your Holy Spirit open our hearts so that we may understand what Brother George has to teach us today. And may we apply what we learn in our lives. And may we be a blessing to others. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think, do you remember the last time I led the study, we were looking at Moses, do you remember? Yeah. We are looking at Moses. Um, can somebody read his or her notes for us, just as a recap? Yeah, who who will read notes for us just from what we talked about in Moses? We just want to continue that aspect of the study and and learn more. Not exactly on him now, but about somebody else. So Yes. Should I appoint a volunteer who will read? Yes. Thank you much. God wants us to encounter with him. And we do not just go to him just to like tick a box or because like our parents say so, but we should present ourselves to the God with engage with engagement with him. And he can call us just for our presence to come close to him with worship and seeing his glory. And the Lord's presence was on the mountain and Moses spent forty days. There's a time scale for cleansing and he wants us to engrave his words into our hearts. He wants it printed and stamped so that we can carry that deliberate obedience to his laws. And there was a question why 40 days? And it could be because God wants us to take time to engrave the words that he has spoken to us in our hearts as part of this agenda to impress our hearts with his glory and faithfulness. He exposes his word to us so that we can become closer to him and he's willing to be deliberate with us. And Proverbs 23 verse 26 says, My son, give me your heart. So God wants us to submit our hearts to him so that we could he could imprint his word into it. And so we should help remove the rocky parts or paths in the heart 
so that God may walk in it, so that the worldly things cannot like prevent ourselves from developing our spiritual relationship with Him, and our relationship with Jesus must be consistent and continually growing. Um, we we. It's, thank you very much for giving us that summary. It's important, if you remember, we looked at the scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, do you remember? And towards the end of that chapter, we saw that Moses was engaging with God, and we looked at the reference in the book of Exodus as well. That Moses was engaging with God, and when he when Moses comes down from the mountain, his face will be shining, and he needed to cover him his face with a veil so that he could talk with the people. That was the experience Moses was having on the mountain, and we learned that God wants us to also have. Of course, not that type of physical experience, but a spiritual experience, whereby our life becomes light because of our regular engagement with God. And do you remember we read it when the people with Moses? Let's let's look at that scripture when Moses was actually. Having that time and when of engaging with God, and when he came down, something else was happening. Let's look at it. Um, sorry, let me just look for that scripture. That was in. Sorry, Second Corinthians. Well, not Second Corinthians. Well, I just need the reference from that um, in the Old Testament. That is. What verse are we talking about? The face. Yes, face to face. So Exodus chapter thirty-four. Exodus thirty-four. So if you look at Exodus thirty-four. We saw very clearly there that Moses was engaging with God, but something was happening to his face. Huh? Now, let me just read it. Um, let me read it from the New King James Version. It says, verse 29, Now it was so, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the people and all the children of Israel saw Moses, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. Skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. 
Do you see what was happening? Then Moses called to them. And Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him. And Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came there. He gave them as the commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. So, because of the light that was coming out of Moses' life, the people could not come near. So, for the people to engage with Moses, what would they do? What did Moses do? He put a veil on his face. But, look at verse 4. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. So, we saw there, that the people could not look at Moses' face because of the light. And he needed a veil to cover that light. And I remember very clearly that what God is doing with us is not so that we will put a veil on our own lives. But the veil will not, will not put any veil so that people can engage with the light that is shining through our lives. You remember, we mentioned that. And we also prayed, I remember, that God will help us. The reason why we are going through this study is because God wants to engage with us deliberately. You know, God wants to engage with us. It's not a think book exercise. He wants to touch our hearts very deeply. At times, God will go through the scriptures with you very deliberately. He wants to imprint, imprint the word of God on your heart so that you can arrive and you are deliberate about your obedience. That is how God engages with our hearts. And you know, as I was studying this, I saw that God was dealing with Moses. God was dealing with Moses on 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 his word. And as God was dealing with Moses, Moses would go and relay the scriptures with the people. Now, I want us to, to look at some things that was happening during all this time. And it's a great encouragement because, see, every time we talk about Moses, we say, oh, he's a man of God, he's a special man of God, and all that. Look at what was happening to this young man. I want us to open our Bibles to Exodus 24. Maybe we'll, I'll read 20, Exodus 24 first, and then we'll go to Exodus 20, 33. But let's look at Exodus 24. I want us to take of some of these things, and we'll use it as a very strong reference. Now, look at it. Exodus 24, we want to start reading from verse 12. Let's just read from verse 12 to 18. Then we go to Exodus 33. Now, Exodus 24, from verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Just teach the people, the children of Israel. 
verse 13. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua. And Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and all are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Besides, the glory of God was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now, let's go to Exodus 33. Exodus 33. We read, let's read verse 7 to 11. The Bible says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp far from the camp and called it the tent of tabernacle of meeting sorry they called it the tabernacle of meeting and it came to pass that everyone who sought the lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp so it was whenever moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people arose and each man's at his own at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Verse 9. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud. Standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people arose and worshipped each man in that door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend, and he will return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun. A young man did not depart from the tabernacle. Do you see something happening there? We actually explore the story of this young man called Joshua. What was happening to Joshua when all this was going on? Permit me, let's go back to that Joshua, sorry, to that Exodus 24. I want you to take note of something here, which I saw, and it challenged me very deeply. Look at it. The Bible says from verse 12, Exodus 24 now, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. So that invitation to come up to God, eh? 
was with was given to Moses. Do you see that scripture? God told Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. You see, the instruction was to Moses, Come up to me, isn't it? Verse 13. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. So who else followed Moses to that mountain? Joshua. Now look at verse 14. It was very interesting. And then he, Moses, said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and all are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. So do you see that Moses went up the mountain? But who else went with Moses, please? Joshua. What are we what is God showing us there? Even when God said Moses come up to me, eh? Joshua followed Moses. Joshua's name is not Moses. Or is Joshua's name Moses, please? Eh? Joshua is Joshua. Moses is Moses. God called Moses. Joshua followed. Now, let's discuss. Why do you think Joshua followed? I know the first answer you give me is that he's Moses' assistant. But I want to ask you sincerely, why do you think Joshua followed Moses? I think when uh, he heard Moses that he will meet God in the mountain, yes. and obviously he's so interested as well, and he wants himself to meet God as well, like Moses. Mm. He was thinking, if Moses will gonna go and meet God, I must be there to meet him myself as well. Mm. Very important. That's why for me, I don't take for granted the fact that these children, these teenagers that we have with us, are joining us in this Bible study. I don't take it for granted. At times we might be saying some things that might be a bit high, that might be a bit, let me use the word highfalutin, let me use the phrase highfalutin. But please, the fact that they are also joining us in this Bible study, it's important. It's important to my heart because this was how Joshua started encountering God as well. Look at the elders. You know, it touches my heart that Moses told the elders, eh, those who were leading the people. You know, Joshua was not leading anybody here. Joshua was not a leader. Joshua was just an assistant. He was just helping Moses. Moses told the elders, you people should stay here. I am, we are going up. Stay here. Do you know, as I studied scriptures again and again and again, I did not see, it's only in verse 9. I noticed something happened there. In verse 9, look at verse 9. Then Moses went up also 
went went up. Also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. So they also went up to the mountain. They saw the God of they had an encounter with God as well. But that was the only time I saw that the the Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu also went and encountered God. I did not see a regular practice of this meeting with God. No wonder, if you notice one thing, immediately Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, and he did not come down. When the people gathered and said, we don't know what has happened to Moses, make us gods who will lead us back to Egypt. Do you see what Aaron did? The Bible said Aaron succumbed to their pressure. What did he do? He, 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 he told them to go and bring their gold and he made a golden calf. When you don't engage with God personally for yourself and you rely on another person's um, spirituality as it were, you will miss it. Joshua was not satisfied to just be following Moses. Joshua wanted to engage with God himself. So, when Moses was going up, eh, I'm sure, maybe I'm not, I'm not 100%, but maybe this is taking place between Moses and Joshua. Moses said, Joshua, I'm going up. God has called me to come and meet with him. Joshua will say, I am going with you. But God did not call you. I know God did not call me. But please, let me follow you. As God is talking to you, me too, I'll be one corner. Do you see how Joshua was interested, like Micah said, was interested in engaging with God himself? And beloved brethren, it's good for us to meet like this. Is it not good? Bible study is wonderful. But please, let there be a deep, a deep hunger for you to personally search out the word of God and engage with God. Why are we saying this? Moses went up to meet God and Joshua tagged along. That was why I decided. I said, let's read, let's read um, um, the encounter. In Exodus 33. So if you go now to Exodus 33, which is very important, I want us to study. That's why we want to study very closely. Exodus 33, we want to see verse 7 to 11 now. The Bible said, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. Moses took his own tent. It was his own. He pitched it outside the camp and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So we see an example Moses was setting. Do you see? And I keep praying that we will be examples 
for people who want to meet with God. Do you understand? Moses wanted, he called it, he set, he, he set up a tent and he called it the tabernacle of meeting. And because of his leadership, because Moses wanted to meet with God regularly, every, the Bible said, and it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, who wanted to engage with God, went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was Isaiah the camp. Now, I don't know the fine details. Look at it in verse 8 because it creates a picture for me. Verse 8 said, So it was, whenever Moses went into the tabernacle, that all the people arose, and each man stood at his tent door. Now, two things might be happening there. One, either the people, when they went out, you see, so it was when Moses went to the tabernacle, that all people arose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. The first thing that struck my heart was, why were they watching? Moses has gone to meet with God in the tabernacle, but they stood to watch. Beloved brethren, God did not call you so that other people will be experiencing God and then you are the spectator. God wants you to also engage with him. You get it? God wants you to also be very active in your relationship with him. These people, the children of Israel, they watched. The Bible said they arose. Each man stood at his tent door. I thought they too would have been encouraged and said, Me too, I'll go and set up my own tent outside to go and meet with God. But the Bible said they stood at each man at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone to the tabernacle. I want to ask you, why were they watching Moses? What do you think? They want to see the crowd of glory, isn't it? They want to just see the beautiful scene of that cloud descending on the tabernacle. They did not want to enter that cloud themselves. They just wanted to watch it. Beloved brethren, you are not meant to be a spectator in the things of God. You are meant to be a participant. You are meant to be active in engaging with God. Yours is not spectating. I, I pray you understand the picture the Holy Spirit is trying to paint for us here. The Bible said, the people arose. You know, it's very interesting. I thought they will arise to say, Moses, we are following you so that we can go and meet with God. But the Bible said they arose. And the man stood at his tent door. And they watched Moses. They watched Moses engaging with God. They watched Moses interacting with God. Very interesting. They were not concerned in engaging with God themselves. Now look at verse 9. And it came to pass 
When Moses entered the tabernacle, what happened? The pillar of cloud, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Yes, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were. I thought you he was talking. Yeah. So, so, do you see what was happening there? The Bible said, when Moses entered in the tabernacle, the cloud descended on that tabernacle because Moses wanted to engage with God. It was as if Moses entered the tabernacle. And God arrived and said, Moses, let's talk. What was happening outside this? The people were watching. Now, and the Lord talked with Moses. Look at verse 10. All the people saw the cloud of the pillar standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped. Each man in his tent door. Which is good. They worshipped God, isn't it? It, it, don't you think that's what they did? They worship God. In a sense. Because the Bible said, they they bowed. The Bible said, um, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped. But excuse me, look at where they were worshipping. They worshipped each man at his tent door. Where was Moses worshiping God. Moses was inside the tabernacle of meeting. Remember, it's called tabernacle of meeting where you meet with God. God does not want us to worship a site. God does not want us to worship a building. God, your our true worship is as we engage with God. And you know, with all this happening, the Bible said, the Lord spoke. Look at verse 11. The Lord spoke with Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. What a wonderful thing to do. And I want to encourage us. This is what God is calling us to do. God wants to talk with me and you as he talks with a friend. You, mu you mustn't be a spectator. You must engage with God actively. Moses actively went into that tabernacle. You, you need to create time where you two will go into your own tent of meeting and meet with God. We are not saying you should go and create a tent outside your house. That's not the first lesson here. The lesson here is we need to be very active about engaging with God. Now, I'm praying that God will give us more understanding. Look at it in verse 11. And this is where I wanted us to spend some time. And the second part of that verse says, And he will return. That's Moses. He will return to the camp. But excuse me. What was happening? But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Do you notice that when Moses was going to that tabernacle, they did not mention that Joshua followed him. Do you notice? In that, in that account, 
Do you notice the Bible did not record that Joshua followed him? Excuse me, can we discuss why do you think the Bible did not record it? I think George, uh, Joshua stayed there all the time, continuously exactly. um, enjoying the presence of God, you know, fellowshipping with him. But I don't know why Moses went out in yes. the, every time, but Joshua stayed inside. Do you, do you, know, uh, you know, it's very interesting to me that it was almost normal for Joshua to follow Moses. Even into the tent of meeting. Do you notice that the Bible did not record that Joshua followed Moses? I'm just trying to, the way I'm thinking when I read this scripture, it's like Joshua from chapter 24 has been following Moses even when he's personally meeting with God. So on this occasion, when, when Moses was going to go and talk to God, it was as if it's normal for Joshua to also go. George, I like what Mika said about the fact that maybe he lived there to protect the tent, to actually guard it. Uh, obviously, uh, God's not there until the, the cloud descends. Yes. So when Moses comes to and the cloud, he gets the benefit. Yes. He gets the benefit of being there while God's. Okay. <laughs> Very fine explanation. Joshua lived in the tabernacle. Wonderful. <laughs> you see, that is. For me, that is that is God trying to show us a principle. The principle that even when Moses, the great man of God, was talking with Joshua, and was talking with Moses, and Moses has finished the discussion with God, Joshua did not say, "Ah, my master, my 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 boss is leaving. I think should go." Or do you not see? That Joshua was not even satisfied with the fact that my boss has left. My boss has gone. I think she take a break. Do you notice? The Bible said very clearly. The Bible said he would well, but his servant Joshua, the son of man, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Like you said, that was Joshua's living, that's, that was his residence. That was where he stayed. Even when Moses, the man of God, who is this, the one in charge, has received all he wanted to receive from God, Joshua stayed there. Joshua enjoyed God's presence. And remember, this was not the mountain. Yeah, this was, was, yes, um, that's why you remember um, Moses uh, was not allowed to enter the promised land and it was only Joshua. So yes. That's why I think as uh, Christians, we have to maintain a, you know, continuous uh, closer encounter with God that we must not allow ourselves to depart from the presence of God because if we depart from the presence of God that's when the enemy will gonna attack us isn't it but being with the presence of God will be all protected and the joy and peace will always be uh, here in our hearts 
Yes, very, very, very true. Do you see why when God was looking for somebody who would take over, Joshua was the automatic replacement? Do you see? Do you see that when Moses was going to go, God told Moses, go and anoint Joshua. He's going to be the next leader. Joshua did not just become a leader just because he was carrying Moses' bag. Joshua did not just become a leader just because he was Moses' assistant. Joshua was already having a growing and deep encounter with God himself. Without Moses. Without Moses. This is very challenging to my heart. You know some people, they, 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 when you ask them about their Christian journey, which is good, they will say, well, I grew up in a Christian family. It's good. But the question is, have they had their own personal encounter with the Master Jesus? Joshua, he was already encountering God himself. Joshua did not stay in his own tent and observe like the other people. Joshua was like Elisha. You remember Elisha? Elisha was following Elijah all over the place. And when it was time for Elijah to go, the sons of the prophet, the other people, met Elisha and told him, Don't you know the Lord is taking your master away today? Don't you know? They were indirectly telling Elisha, Your master is going to go away. Why are you still following him up and down? Why don't you be like us? We know the master is going, your master, is, our master is going, Elijah is going, but we can just stay in one place. Why are you following him up and down? And guess what? When Elijah was going to be taken away, Elisha saw it firsthand. The other sons of the prophets, what were they doing? They saw it from her. They did not know what exactly happened. Some of them suggested to Elisha, let us go. And look for when Elijah Elijah was taken away. Let's go and look for Elisha. Maybe the Lord dropped him on one mountain. That is what happens when you don't follow God closely. You see it? They said maybe God dropped him on one mountain. Excuse me, did God drop Elisha uh, Elijah on one mountain? No, Elisha saw it himself. A chariot of fire came and took Elijah up to heaven. But those who were thinking, who were watching from afar, they thought Elijah was dropped on one mountain. When you follow God from afar, you have distorted images of what God is doing. When you follow God from afar, you don't have first-hand information of what God is doing. You have your own version of God's dealings when you follow God from afar. When you follow Jesus from afar, there is always that temptation eh? to compromise. Peter followed Jesus from afar. If you go and read scriptures properly, Jesus, uh, 
that was following Jesus from afar. It was because he was following Jesus from afar. When it was now, when did I ask Peter? They said, you belong to one of them. You are like, you are like one of the disciples of Jesus. Peter said, me? You have made a mistake. But you look like them. You talk even like Jesus. The way you are talking, you are talking like Jesus. P Peter, the Bible said, he swore that he never knew Jesus. That is what happens when you follow Jesus from afar. Joshua was not going to be like that. Joshua was going to be close. He was going to he would not he would not stay at his tent his tent door and watch. He was not a spectator. He wanted to experience. He wanted to experience God Himself. Do you, do you understand? He wanted to experience God himself. But Tony, you are welcome. We are looking at Exodus chapter 33 from verse 7 to 11. So, so Joshua was not going to experience God from afar. He was not satisfied by staying in the temple of him. In the, he was not satisfied by staying at his tent door. He was going to stay in the tabernacle of meeting. Excuse me. Can God challenge us that we too you will be very passionate about engaging with God like Joshua? Can God challenge us that you will not be satisfied. You know, look at the look at the children of Israel. They were happy staying at the tent of their door. At the door of their tent, sorry. They were happy just, you know, we've seen the glory cloud, that's good for us. They were not, they did not want to ask and say, what is God actually saying to me? That was why, you see, the children of Israel, because they had no direct encounter with God and hearing God themselves. They were always hearing secondhand information. When the when when opportunity arose for them to compromise, a lot of them compromised. <laughs> a lot of them compromised. It's so important we take note of this. That you will be so much eager to hear God yourself. You will be, you will be itching to hear God yourself. Kids, I hope you are following me. Hmm? I hope you will, you will not just say, Oh, mommy wants to attend Bible study. That's why I will go and attend. You want to end yourself. Because you want God to speak to you. You will not just read the Bible because mommy is telling you, daddy is telling you, it's good to read the Bible, it's good to read the Bible, it's good to read the Bible. You are reading the Bible because you yourself, you want to hear God. Do you know, it is so good when you are, you, you are convinced beyond reasonable doubt. That you hate God. There's something that happens to your heart because you yourself have heard Him. 
let's let's go, let's go and look at this story. It's very important we establish this because when we are very active and you are saying, "Lord, I want to hear you," it it turn, it, it it creates a totally different experience for you. Look at the story of the Samaritan woman. Go to John chapter four. I just want to establish it, just to buttress what we are saying here. John chapter four. You know, Jesus had encountered the Samaritan woman. And they had, and she had met Jesus. And then the Bible said she went to the city of Samaria. And she did, because, you know, she told the people. She said in verse 39, eh? John chapter 4, verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, that's Jesus, because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So, when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Verse 41. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe. Not because of what you said. For we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Do you see the importance of hearing God yourself? Look at look at what the Samaritan said. You know, they they first of all came to him because they heard what the woman said, which is good. encourage you in the things of God. People encourage you to follow Jesus, which is good. But it must not stop there. The Bible said the Samaritans urged him to stay with them because they were not satisfied with what the woman was saying. They stayed. They told Jesus. They said, Jesus, please, we want to hear you ourselves. So please, don't run away. Don't go away. We know you're a very busy man. We know you are going to go to to Capernaum very soon. We know you are going to go to, to Nazareth. Don't go. Please stay. We want to hear you. And he stayed there two more days. And look at what happened after two more days. Verse 41. Many more believed because of his word. Do you see? Are we going to urge? Are we going to to urge Jesus like the Samaritans did and say, Lord Jesus, I want to sit down with you more. I want to hear you more. Are you going to pray and say, Lord, please, it's not just enough for me to hear Christian messages. Christian messages are good. Please don't misunderstand me. They are good. But you are also praying yourself and saying, Ah, Lord, I want to hear you myself. Look at what happened. Those people sat down with Jesus for two more days. And the Bible said, many more believed. Even those that believed, beloved brethren, they believed even more. Why? Because they have heard him themselves. They have heard him themselves. Something happens to your heart when you engage with God yourself. 
you have a different experience of God when you have heard him yourself. There was a great harvest of souls because those people said, Jesus, don't go away. We want to hear more. This is not the first time we are seeing people restraining Jesus from going away. Do you remember the disciples on their way to Emmaus? Do you remember? In Luke chapter 24, let's go there, please. Just to buttress this point even more. Look at it in Luke 24. This is just to encourage us. And you see, anybody that insists, Lord, stay with me, I want to hear you more. God honors those invitations. Look at it in, in Luke chapter 24. From verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where, where they were going, and he, that's Jesus, indicated he would have gone further. Look at what happened in verse 29. Those disciples, the Bible said, they restrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. Do you know what those people were saying? You know the disciples were saying? Actually, they just wanted to spend more time with Jesus. It's not because the night was fast spent. They were just using it as an excuse. Should I tell you why? Because when they finally knew it was Jesus, look at what happened. That night, they went back to Jerusalem. If if it was far, if the night was fast spent, why did they travel that night? You understand what we're saying? Look at it. They constrained him. He said, Jesus, don't go. Abide with us. For it is towards evening, and the day is fast spent. And the Bible said, he went in and stayed with them. Verse 30. Now, it came to pass. You can't stay with somebody and not offer him food. Eh? It came to pass. As he sat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it. As he gave it to them, the Bible said, then their eyes were opened. Beloved brethren, do you want your eyes to open more and more unto the revelation of Jesus? Let me tell you, this is the answer. Constrain him to stay with you. Constrain him to constrain so that you can spend more time with him. Look at it. It was then their eyes were opened. Before now, they did not know it was Jesus talking to them. They constrained him. They said, Jesus, don't go anywhere. Spend more time. We want to hear more from your mouth. And you see, the Bible said their eyes opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Look at verse 33. So, they rose up that very hour. I thought the evening was fast spent. I thought it was night already. <laughs> Why did they get up to go to uh, back to Jerusalem? Do you see? Those brothers just wanted to hear more from Jesus. Those brothers just wanted to hear him 
speak to them. That issue of, oh, um, you know, it is evening, it is late, you know, the night is fast spent, that one was not a cogent excuse. They did not want Jesus to go anywhere. They wanted to hear more from him. When they heard, when they stayed with him, when they abide, when they were abiding with him, they now had the revelation of Jesus. You see? And the Bible said, because of that revelation, that very night, they got up. They could not hold their peace. They got up. It wasn't night to them. Excuse me. When you meet with Jesus, you can't have night around you. When you meet with Jesus, your eyes are full of light. Your light has come when you meet with Jesus. They met with Jesus. They knew that it was him. They said, ah, it can't be night for us. To this very time, we are going back. Imagine if some people met them on the road. Eh? In that, at that night. Are ah, you guys, is it not late? Where are you going? Do you know what they will say? We have seen him. We have seen Jesus. Is a reason. The issue will not be it is late at night. That was not a consideration at all. Their only consideration was we have met him. That is what happened when you constrain Jesus. When you say, Jesus, abide with me. Jesus, I want to learn more from you. There is nobody who constrains Jesus. And Jesus says, leave me alone. I don't want to stay with you. You understand? There's nobody that says, Jesus, please, I want to hear more from you. And God will say, sorry. I'm very busy. I need to go somewhere else. The Lord honored that invitation. And he revealed himself to them. Beloved brethren, can God challenge our hearts like these disciples? Like those Samaritans? Like Joshua? To insist we are going to abide in the tabernacle and hear more from the Lord. Can that become our heart cry? In this lockdown where people are, are not are, are, are finding it very difficult, will you say, Lord, help me to engage with you even more and more and more? Because as I engage with you more, I will learn far more from you. And I will even believe even more. Can God help us? Can God give this kind of heart that is always hungry for Jesus? I pray God will help us. I pray that you see, these things here we are learning, they are divine principles which we can apply to our life and it will help us engage with God on a different level. Can God help us? And I just think it's a very important prayer we need to pray about. That we will carry this heart that this disciple had. They constrained him. You know, they got to that house and Jesus said, okay, I'm going to go. Thank you. Nice meeting you. And they looked at Jesus and said, where are you going? Please stay with us. No, I have to go. I have to go. <laughs> they told Jesus, Jesus, you know it's late. You know you might not be able to find your way <laughs> in the night. Stay with us. 
But look at what they wanted Jesus to do. They wanted him to stay with them. Eh? The Bible said he broke bread. Excuse me. When Jesus breaks bread, he's breaking the word of God again. He's expounding the scriptures again. He's showing them from the scriptures why Jesus needed to die on the cross. As he broke the bread, their eyes opened. Excuse me, how will your eyes not open when you are with Jesus? How will your eyes not be enlightened when you are with the light of the world? How? This is what God is calling us to. God is looking for hearts that will keep praying. Lord, abide with me. So that I can engage, I can my life, my my eyes will be enlightened even more and more and more and more. Lord, I want my faith to increase. And so I want you to, to come and teach me yourself. That's what God wants to do with us. So beloved brethren, I'll stop here. I think the prayer point is clear. Grant me a hunger. Grant me a deep desire so that I can engage with you. Lord, I don't I want you to abide with me. I want you to speak more things to my heart so that my faith can increase, so that my love for you can increase, so that I can serve you more. If God doesn't engage with you like that, you can't grow. You just remain stagnant. Before you know it, even when you, if you don't have this type of desire for more, you will just reach scriptures and it will just be dry because God is not speaking to your heart. I pray the Lord will help us. So, this should be a prayer point for us as we pray. I'll stop here. I pray that the Lord will help us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for the word of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's go to uh, our uh, prayer request. And um, let me just ask, uh, Ria, how's your mom now? Uh, Christ the Lord, he has come out of, he has, he has been discharged from the hospital. And um, they said uh, with the MRI that um, they were not concerned. Um, but can we still keep praying for her? Because uh, last Saturday, uh, when I spoke to them, when they had the look again in her eye, um, they still said that there is there is still some signs of infection. Yeah. So um, um, thank you for uh, thank you for your prayers. Okay. Out of hospital, but um, she will continue to be followed up, and she still has a bit of infection in her eye. Okay. We'll continue to pray for your mom, uh, Ria. And um, anything else? Can. And can I ask you, Brother Tony, uh, Brother Michael, please to pray for Ria's mom. Okay. 
we also um pray for Rafael uh, for his uh, GCSE options this time for guidance. Okay, GCSE. Okay. Can I ask you, Dom, to pray for Rafael? Yeah. And also Jethro's design and design tech. Uh, non-excision assessment. In what? Design tech. Non-examination assessment. Okay, can I take ed, uh, any other prayer requests? Uh, can you pray? There's one of Dad's workers called Sean who's been having heart problems. So um, he's been fainting whilst working. So I want to pray for him and I pray for Daniel, um, uh, my brother Daniel, and uh, his his relationship with his wife. And uh, work for me. How about Michael and Jackie? Um, okay, I'll I'll get to that one. So can I ask you, to please, to pray for Dominic? And then Brother Michael, what's your prayer request? Yeah, for um, Jackie, she saw the doctor on uh, the registrar on uh, Thursday. Mm -hmm. She has a, um, I don't know what you call it, a pathway over the next three months to hopefully improve her condition. And um, also Christy still has stomach pain and uh, tinnitus. And for me, I have a um, cancer assessment, a biopsy coming up. So they're the three oh. things. Okay, so can I ask you please, uh, Brother Kevin, um, to please pray for Brother Michaels? And then... Um, Brother Tony, if we could please pray for our uh, prayer points uh, tonight. Anything else? Pauline, do you have any other prayer requests? Thank you. Okay. Right. So, uh, closing prayer. Can I ask you, Jethro, please? Okay, let's start uh, praying then. Let's start from Brother Michael. Okay. Father, we thank you for the healing that's taken place in Rhea's mother, and we thank you for uh, hearing our faithful prayers. Lord, we just want to continue to pray for her. There's still um, a degree of concern, Lord, and we just ask you to completely heal her eyes, Lord, so that she has no sign of any infection and there's no concern at all over her condition. Lord, we just pray that you're with her, you comfort her, Lord, and you bring her eyes to full health again. We Amen. pray that, Father, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we pray for Raphael for his Jesus. 
Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 